1: Yeah, I think I think you have. <laughs> oh okay. If I'm anyone on the podcast to... has missed that, Chloe just said, I think I've just had the maddest week I've had in my whole life. And I'm like, yeah.
0: Oh yeah. my god. I'm just gonna like, I'm so emotional. So I just need to like rein my my shit in. Oh, god. God. Okay. okay. Right. Okay. Charlotte Olsop, hi Emma and Chloe. Since our last chat, I've become more happy with myself and I've upped my calories as Chloe did tell me to increase it by 10%. The last two weeks have been stressful and I keep going for the snacks and the chocolate for no reason. It's like I know what to do, but I never listen to my own head. Do you have any advice? Chocolate and sweets have always been my downfall and now I'm scared that I'm going to undo all of my hard work and progress. I normally try to eat between eighteen and nineteen hundred calories, and I eat decent-sized meals. I just can't seem to curb the cravings, which would probably put me in a surplus of over twenty-three hundred. Emma, I'll let you start here. I think we
1: get some, you know, this kind of question numerous times. Probably every single life. Like this is something everyone can relate to and everyone struggles with. And there's a couple of things here. One, if the only way that you know how to de-stress is by eating chocolates and sweets then you need to find different ways to cope with stress so what else can you do can you make a list of things and it's useful to make a list of things beforehand because when you're in the moment it's very hard to think oh I'll just go for a walk instead whereas if you have like already made that decision before when I feel stressed instead of overeating I'm going to go for a walk or instead of overeating I'm going to sit down and just listen to a podcast for 10 minutes or I'm going to listen to some music for 10 minutes or I'm going to do I'm going to watch a funny YouTube video for 10 minutes like have outlined what you're going to do beforehand that's really really useful secondly I think there's this misconception that you know like for example like Chloe and I don't ever have urges to overeat or that like anyone <laughs> will have urges to overeat like it's not that you'll never feel those things it's not that and, and I speak to people who have struggled previously with like borderline been eating and overeating before and they're like yeah and I still have these urges and it's like yeah you do but now when you have those urges you think I can feel that urge but I'm not going to act on it and I mean that that is a huge place to get to but I think there is this misconception that those urges will just go away and, and they don't like you'll probably still have those feelings from time to time but instead of acting on them you're choosing to act in a different way and that's a really important thing to understand like there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing it's not that you're experiencing something that other people don't experience it's just that at the moment you're reacting to that feeling as opposed to choosing what you want to do and responding to that feeling so having a little bit like giving yourself some space and some perspective to feel the feeling notice what it is and then choose how you want to respond to that instead of just thinking I feel like eating this thing. Oh wait, I'm already eating it. You're like, okay, I feel like eating this thing. The normal human response to how I'm feeling. I have this urge, but does that align with my goals at the moment? And you might say, yeah, I'm going to have a bit. Or you might say, no, that doesn't suit my goals at the moment. I'm going to do this other thing.
0: Yeah, I agree with everything Emma said, as always. Um, I, look, Emma and I said before that if you decide that you're going to be a vegan, these aren't battle internal battles that you have with yourself and food the answer is just no if you're pregnant and you know you want to have a cigarette with your mate or you know drink a bottle of wine you know by the fire you, you don't because you're pregnant and these decisions it's not that you can't do it everybody can do it unless you are a full-blown legitimate addict and that's another topic in and of itself um which which judging from this message you're not um When you have these really kind of like set, when you have made your mind up, the answer is no. For whatever reason it is, and and it's coming from a really deep kind of soulful place, it's very easy. And I think that when you're very much like, I don't want to gain, you know, X amount of body fat and as you say here, um, ruin all my hard work. Is that really enough of a drive to stop you wanting to eat something that you enjoy? Um, I mean, and, and I know that it, on the surface, you might be like, yes, but ultimately, no, it's it's not. Um, so, um, but, you know, also what I would say would probably be a good idea for you is you say that you're hitting around that 2300 mark. Let's be maybe slightly OK with gaining a little bit, especially at this time of year, because, you know, everybody is. And it's fine. It's not a problem. So if you're going by comparison, you're one of many. There's nothing to worry about. Up it to 2300. Fit in these daily sweets and chocolates that you like. It doesn't, again, read to me like binge eating. It reads to me like you're overdoing calories because you're eating too much kind of treat like food. Do the 2300. Be OK with maybe gaining a little bit of weight. And as and when, let's say, potentially you start to see that happen or you start to actually realize, huh, this habit isn't serving me. Let's come down a couple hundred calories just by cutting out. Let's say if you're doing this two, three times a day, one of these kind of episodes a day. And let's really try and work with you have the freedom to do it. Now, do you really want to? The feeling of restriction that you can't do it is probably exacerbating the problem. So let's work with that. And those are just just my thoughts.
1: I think that's going to work so well because I think she's going to hear what you've just said and it will take a lot of the pressure off, which is exactly what we want. And then I think you're probably going to choose not to do that because I think you're probably yeah. what Chloe said, and you're like, okay, so if I do do that, those are the consequences. I'm probably going to put on a little bit of weight. That's either going to make you realize I'm okay with that. That's that's the choice I'm making. Or it's going to make you realize actually that isn't what I want. I'm going to make the other choice. And then it, yeah. it's, it's, it's your choice, it's your autonomy and I think a good point you made as well is like, is that driving up? Like, you know how a lot of personal trainers are like the shittest advice ever, but it's like, oh, well, if you're, if you're gonna, I don't know, eat an extra chocolate bar or something, just remember your why. Like, it's not really that helpful, but but what is sometimes helpful is like trying to focus on the long-term reward as opposed to the immediate gratification, which is a really hard thing to do, but you're looking for that like immediate I'm going to enjoy this piece of chocolate and I'm driven to eat it and I'm craving it but the long-term outcome is like okay well I wanted to I don't know fit in this dress by Christmas time or I wanted to improve my health or I wanted to reach a healthy BMI like this is my long-term goal and and trying to like put that at the forefront of your mind when you're making these decisions like should I go to the gym today is one gym session that you miss going to make any difference no not at all but it's the consistency of doing that and then if you're thinking, OK, if, if I'm doing this consistently, I'm going to reach that long term goal and try to frame that like closer in the forefront of your mind, because usually your go to is that immediate reward.
0: Yeah, I, le- I really like Emma's point about pressure as well. So, to, so with a vegan comment, for example, let's say that you're married to someone who's like, I'm going vegan and I want you to go vegan with me or you have to because of contamination, go vegan with me you're probably going to go out with your friends for dinner on the weekend and order a cheeseburger or a steak, do you know what I mean? And then brush your teeth before you get home and be like, no. What what contamination? On your tongue? No. Um, But whereas if you're the partner who's like, I've decided I'm doing this, then it's a lot easier probably with, you know, eating a cheeseburger while watching some gash documentary like The Game Changes, (laughs) Not to be respectful no no honestly I do understand there are some very very fucking good reasons for going vegan that was a, a joke please don't take it too seriously. Um, <laughs> that was a joke that, I took it all back okay, sorry it was meant to make you laugh well I, I there are some very good reasons for doing it and I am aware of them um but they have to come from you and like I say, if we give you the freedom to make your own decision you're probably going to come to the right conclusion on your own and You know, who's to say that you know you need to cut out, like I say, so if you're having three of these episodes a day, you need to cut out all three. Maybe one a day is something which really helps you. Maybe there is room for that in your life. And and it's and it's helpful. It's when we start to get excessive in any context, whether you're talking about exercise, whether you're talking about calorie control, whether you're talking about um drinking, um, drug abuse, food, whatever it is, there is such a thing as like excessive to the point of unhealthy, even if we're talking about quote unquote healthy things. And I think, you know, when you get to that conclusion of like, oh, this is a bit excessive, maybe this isn't right. Well, once you've had a period of time and freedom to do it, you're going to be a lot more likely to get the result that you want right now, but you're not quite there yet. Yeah. I really like the
1: vegan example. And by the way, there are loads of reasons to go vegan. One of them is not health. Yes. It's not health. And it's not health. Yeah. Like none of them are health. Um, yeah. But it is interesting because vegans, you know, if you look at the research, it's very easy to find research that vegans live longer, but you're comparing it to general population who basically don't think about it. And, you know, if you're looking at the norm, like the norm is overweight and unhealthy, like that is our average in the UK. So, yeah, being a vegan, you you have a, um, a longer lifespan than like the norm. But that's purely probably because you have at least some consideration over what you're putting in your body. It's not to say it's the most healthy diet that there is. And you'll often find that, I mean, if you are vegan, then speak to us because there's certain supplements that we would want you to take, but it does result in deficiencies. And one of the reasons for that is you're missing out large chunks of your diet.
0: Yeah. And 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 they we say that we dietitians say this all the time. It's not necessarily because, let's say we go for like the Uber like orthorexic type vegan, right? The vegan who is only eating plant based food, they're not living longer because they're only eating plant based food. Actually, the optimal diet would be animal protein and like that kind of massively. Restrictive um, plant-based intake. Um, so if we're going to talk about optimal health and longevity of life, that would be it to a T. Um, but as Emma said, you know, if we're talking about the meat eaters and the people who are maybe maybe putting in less thought about what they're eating, which is the vast majority in comparison to vegans, that that food thought isn't there. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, do we have anything on the live?
1: We have a quasi from Becky Morris. Um, I came back off holiday a couple of weeks ago and you you advised me to go into fat loss to reach my pre-holiday weight. I would then increase my calories from 1600 to 1800, I think it was, um, and look into reaching maintenance. We've been celebrating our engagement, so I've had a few indulgences over the past few weeks and haven't lost all the holiday weight, but I have lost a bit, which I'm happy with. My question is, what should I do now stay on 1600 over Christmas and choose my indulgences or increase as suggested? I know I will be drinking and indulging more than normal, as we all will over the festive period, so just a bit unsure of how to tackle it. Honestly, I think increase your calories. Like, give yourself a little bit of flexibility. If you, in the new year, if you want to get leaner, then sure. But really, like, we can't say, like, you have to make this decision yourself. If fat loss is a higher priority to you than enjoying Christmas food, then yeah, say it's 1,600 calories and choose your indulgences and be a bit stricter with things. But if you're like, do you know what? Over the next couple of weeks, like get a bit more flexibility. And by the way, like 200 extra calories isn't night and day. And I would imagine you're probably still going to be in a slight deficit at 1,800. But again, it would depend on numerous factors. Um, yeah, that, I mean, personally, I would do that. But equally, it's completely down to you and what your priorities are at the moment.
0: Yeah, I agree with Emma and I am going to put this into a file. There are different approaches, you know, that I have clients, we have clients who, who love tracking. And when I say, okay, I want to come away from tracking, they're like, okay, but I don't want to come away from tracking it permanently forever because I quite enjoy it. And part of me is like, okay, but that doesn't mean that we don't have to have periods of, you know, untracked meals or maybe untracked days because, you know, otherwise it's just a bit of a red flag if somebody's terrified to come away from tracking. If you, if you enjoy tracking um, and, you know, you're one of those people, I know I am. Um, then raising calories is one thing. There is also the other school of thought of, you know, on the days and the times where you can stick to your calories and macros that we've set you do. And on the days and the times where you think, no, I'm sitting down with my family for a 3 three-quarter meal and I'll be fucked if I'm not going to enjoy it. If I'm going to sit here tracking, if I'm going to worry about it at 10 o'clock tonight, no. And that's when it's time to let go and be like, okay. And like we say, we always want you guys to avoid the fuck it bucket because that's just as much of a problem as like being obsessively tracking or dieting all the time. We do want you to avoid the fuck it bucket, but it is perfectly healthy and actually not perfectly very healthy to be able to say i'm going to enjoy this meal with my family we're very lucky to all be together especially after the last couple of years to be able to have a three-course meal i'm not going to be i'm not going to ruin it for myself and there's so many different approaches to it um so yes as em said raising calories is one thing you know doing what i've just said is another making smart choices so being like maybe i'll have the xyz and i'll leave the you know, four chip larses per person, for example. There's so many different ways we can do it. Um, And ultimately it's going to be different for all of you and you're all going to get, you're all going to feel more comfortable with different approaches. Yeah, also, even if you,
1: you know, give yourself, let's say Christmas is like five indulgent occurrences and in between that, you're essentially eating your normal quote-unquote diet. Like nothing bad is going to happen maybe you're closer to maintenance than you would have been maybe fat loss those a tiny bit but really the impact of that and if you're literally just being like now i'm going to be pretty strict with myself and then i'm not going to think about like you know, i'm going to make smart choices on christmas day and boxing day but i'm not going to think about like how many calories or anything that's fine but what that often turns into is as close saying this like on off mentality and we need to get away from that because I think this is just this false dichotomy of it's like, I'm either tracking everything or I'm overeating on everything. And I think yeah. that can happen when you try and track around Christmas because it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's on track. And then as soon as it's not, it's like, oh, calories don't count. I'll just eat as much as I possibly can. And then I know that I'm tracking tomorrow. So I better get everything that I could possibly want in now as if there's going to be no food available back tomorrow. So make yeah. sure you're not doing that and make sure you're just sitting down enjoying food because the problem with that is like, and there's a million problems with that but one of them is you genuinely won't enjoy that like you think that you will you think that it will be really enjoyable kind of overeating but you won't like you and you'll probably feel horrible the next day and you'll probably beat yourself up about it and that isn't what we want we want you to sit down and enjoy food so so sit down enjoy it take your time with it realize that the energy in that food will still be the same if you track it or not and just think about enjoying it as a calorie number.
0: Yeah, Emma's echoed my biggest piece of advice for clients going on holiday, which is actually tracking can really trip you up and, and push you into the fuck it bucket because you're like, now I'm in the red, fuck it. Was actually just putting, putting it away and being like, I know what I have to do slash want to do at different points in this meal, in this day, over the course of this evening. I know I'm in control. You don't need a fucking act to tell you what you should and shouldn't do based on your numbers you are smart enough okay and I think that giving yourself that credit and that rope is going to really make all the difference in the world over the festive period <laughs> yeah I, I think more generally as well like I
1: always come back to this but like your body is the best food diary you'll ever keep like it doesn't matter what my fitness pal says really there's so many inaccuracies that come into that and yeah, it's a good tool roughly to track and it gives you something that's like quantifiable. But realistically, it's not accurate anyway. And for that to trip you up, like I, I was saying this to Amelia yesterday, I was like, actually the one, cause she was saying to me, like, I don't know how you have the patience to answer like these same sort of questions again and again and again. And I was like, I don't know how you have the, the patience to answer like the kind of questions that she gets again and again. And I was like, actually the one question that, kind of does start to grate on me a little bit is like well what will I possibly do if I don't know how many calories are and it's like I don't know how many times you've been over it but it's like it's not that accurate anyway you can guess it and you can move on like that is it It it's as simple as that you don't need to add anything else to that but it's really hard to get that into people's heads and I'm like just reminding people like we lost weight before my fitness pal like you there's so many inaccuracies in it even dietitians can't track accurately like yeah
0: yeah just one tool yeah a lot of the time. a lot of the time like a, a sign of, of dieting fatigue is that people get really kind of trigger happy or I should say number happy with um with my fitness pal and it's like people were getting results before my fitness pal and it was because it, we went back to basics now <laughs> ironically sorry can you hear that I don't know how yeah, to tell me it's me or you. It's, you, hey. isn't it? hey, it's me my, it's my email going mad because of everything that's going on today should I just every everyone I'll just tell everyone what happened to me this morning I woke up and I opened the front door my car had been stolen and it's been a fucking nightmare ever since so my computer's just making a lot of noises right now um so basically yeah um the people were getting it, it, it can work both sides of the spectrum and this is why like, it can be a bit exhausting when pts are like you know, all four back to basics meal plans, which work, but they will give you a hyper food focus for, for very specific reasons. But then I get equally annoyed when PCs are really dogmatic of like, just track, just track, just track. And it's like, it doesn't work for everyone because actually for everyone, it gives them hyper food focus and they find it very hard to stay on track. Um, and I always find, and I always say this in the middle ground, somewhere in the middle. So you give your clients their numbers and you say, try and fit in some bits that you really enjoy here and there. So don't get dieting fatigue like you would on a meal plan. But also trying to stick to the basics because that's where the results lie and just that in and of itself will give momentum and then off they go um, you know as, as always the answer's somewhere in the middle nuance isn't it? um it's only with anybody else on the live so
1: we're still answering Becky's question effectively So she said thanks ladies that's really helpful and has definitely made me realize that I w- uh, how I want to approach Christmas so 1800 calories it is so looking forward to the next round as well we'll be signing up tomorrow on payday so happy that you're saying and also really happy that you made that choice you know how we're always like it's your choice and then we're like okay that was the right one <laughs> but that yeah. was
0: the right one <laughs> there's only a handful of clients I've ever had that I'm like I think you're ready to go alone I mean it, and and it was from my like years and years worth of clients and these are clients who've been with you for a substantial period of time have been at maintenance or like doing whatever they want to do for a substantial period of time happy healthy at peace with it have context have perspective and these things take fucking ages as a woman in the western world to get you know I think it's always useful to have a coach like I I mean we're not above coaching and I think it's just
1: the perspective that you don't have and like I have one of the most intelligent clients like one of the most intelligent humans I know like she has numerous PhDs she essentially figures out all the data that the government get for COVID et cetera, et cetera. like she doesn't like on she knows how to read research she do it all herself but it's the perspective of someone else and it's someone having your back and I noticed this, yeah like a couple of times in the group that people like I mean it's actually phenomenal how long people have been with us now I fucking love it but like someone's like I've, I've been here since the start like I think it's like 16 months and I was like I fucking love that it's just like I just don't feel like I'm ready to go it alone and I'm like well one that's absolutely fine but two even if you are like I have a lot of clients that are ready to go it alone. like and they don't need me but they want me they see the value of me and I think that's how much it's supposed to be like a lot of people on the EC method I wouldn't say need it but they want it they enjoy it they get a lot from it they get the accountability they get the support they get the banner in the group they get their training programs done it means they don't have to think about those things themselves it means they can focus on other areas and then inevitably and this is the thing with dieting and just life in general there will be times when you're like i'm nailing everything life is going really well and then like something will throw a spanner in the life and you'll be like overstressed i'm letting it affect my diet Now's the time I need to reach out for a little bit of help, and like that's what we're here for. Like, there will be some weeks where you're like, Do you know what? Everything's going really well. I don't even really need to talk to Chloe or Emma, but like, I'm still taking off the training program, blah blah blah. And then you'll be like, Oh, work's really stressful. I need to figure out how to fit things in. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Like, that's when your coach comes in. So, don't feel bad if you're like, Oh, I don't know if like I should, quote unquote, be ready to leave by now. Like, I don't think it's about that. Like, it's not. There are still some people that have like, maybe a lot to learn and feel like they do need us, but it really like, we want you to get a, to a place where you want to say, like you need to say what you want to say.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, I, for me, it comes, it goes and round, swings and roundabouts. There are times I feel like I, like if I were to get into, you know, if I, had a, if I had a big kind of physique style photo shoot now, I'd probably get a coach just for a few weeks to like help me with objectivity and you know whatever like just seeing things in a different way as emma said um and and that will always be the case but you know there's some times where i feel like I'm, I'm i learn a lot on my own but you got you come back to i mean how many clients have we had leave you and then come back i mean hundreds mm-hmm. um so yeah okay all right anything else in the live yes uh to child when lifting to failure, does that mean the
1: last rep gives good form or literally when you can no longer lift at all? I, last rep with good form.
0: Yes, yeah, so there's two types of failure. There's absolute failure, which is like, your, as it would suggest, absolute failure, and that's really just for strength athletes. Um, and then technical failure is more for physique. So, yeah, lifting the last rep with good form, which would also indicate that you've got like one or two reps in reserve, like one or two left in the tank if you were to really like flail around. Um, which is pretty much exactly where we want you.
1: yeah, I had a question similar to this, but it was, as a personal trainer, would you um I think it was worded kind of strangely, but it was like, would you celebrate a client's pB even if their form wasn't good or something? And I think it's so context specific, like that's such a noisy question as well. Who asked that question? Such a loaded question, but it's like if one of if if someone on the EC method was like, oh my god, I've done my first push-up, and we were like, it's not perfect, so go back into it. We'd be like, oh my god, that's amazing, like well done. And and like bad form push-ups like probably aren't gonna cause really bad. Like I mean, obviously we'd be like work on your like you know, work on this part of your form, but that's incredible form
0: that you sort it out.
1: <laughs> like, sorry, that's not the perfect form, but then on the flip side, would I be pushing a client to deadlift with really bad form? No, absolutely not. I'd be like take the weight off and, and work on your form. So I think it kind of depends like on the exercise, but also on like the motivation level. That like you know if, if your client's buzzing about the fact they've done their first push up but it wasn't perfect, I'm not going to be like, hmm.
0: Yeah, that's not that's not a PT question. Are you or aren't you a dickhead question? Yeah. Like, also it's contextual to the client. How experienced is the client? If Emma messages me and it's like, look at my amazing PB. And it was the, like the worst ref I'd ever seen in my life. I'd be like, no bitch, you did it wrong. And I'd call her on it. If you have someone who's been training for a month and that's, as she said, so excited, you'd be, you would be an awful coach to shit all over that parade. And good luck keeping that client because you ain't gonna, it really depends. Like what is the capacity of the client and what kind of coaching do they need? You know, all clients are different. Some of them need, Some of them are advanced enough that they need, you know, quite what's the word technique, specific coaching. And others are like, fuck me. You just did your first push push-up of all time ever. That's insane. You know, everyone's
1: different. Sorry, no rep.
0: (laughs) Try again. (laughs) (laughs) You shit. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Heather,
1: how much impact does alcohol have? I appreciate this is based on sugar and all calories count. However, if you stick to 120 grams of protein, 1400 food calories and 10 to 12,000 steps, how much of an impact will it have on one's body? So calories from alcohol would be counted within all calories, not just quote unquote food calories. So if you were sticking to a deficit, getting your steps in, getting in enough protein in, you'll be fine having some alcohol, the reason that it impacts is potentially because it's taking up calories that you could be like using on more nutritious options of food, it might make it easier to stick to your diet, like if you're having, you're on 1500 calories and 500 of those calories you're using for drinks, it's going to be a really enjoyable, unenjoyable diet to stick to and and pretty restrictive, it also impacts your recovery from exercise, Um, but like having some in your diet if you enjoy alcohol and it's part of your life it's a really good thing if you think that I could never not drink again but I'm going to cut it out for eight weeks like it's not a long-term solution
0: yeah I, I think there's a lot of weird myths around alcohol and I know where they come from but I'm not going to be a dick today and throw anyone under the bus oh I never do that that's not my style um, Emma's right. Uh, alcohol is its kind of own, it's not a nutrient, but for, want, uh, for lack of a better word, I should say, it's its own nutrient in and of itself, because it has its own calorie count per gram. So seven calories per gram. So second to fat, it's the most most calorific per serving. Um, you know, all, all servings created equal, I should say. Um, so there's that to bear in mind, which as Emma said, would Lead to the fact that you are taking up a good chunk of your calories, especially if you're in a deficit, via a a non-nutrient. I mean, there's there's really no benefit to it. Red wine and and in terms of manganese and and Guinness in terms of iron are probably the only two alcohols on the market that have some kind of nutritional benefit, but it's very quickly reversed if you overdo it. It is a toxin, um, and it's not great for you. Um, so, you know, one glass or one pint of said alcohol choices here and there, probably good for you, actually, you're talking, if you start talking two, three, no, we're going the other way now, um, we're having the reverse effect and it's calorific. Um, you know, second to that, like I'm someone who drinks a lot and, um, you know, I will say I go through periods of weeks, sometimes months, sometimes near on a year where I don't drink. Do I perform better? Yes. Do I recover better? Yes. Does my body look better? Yes. Um, Does my life enjoyment suffer because I enjoy socially drinking? And also not to mention the fact I'm a fucking wino and I love wine. Yeah, it does. Um, So, you know, the Lord giveth with one hand and taketh away and you have to weigh up, you know, the cost benefit. As Emma said, I would say, if you want to keep it in, keep it in. Um, try to be moderate with it in terms of both the, your immediate consumption, but also over the course of the week, I would always say you want to be able to go at least two, three days at a time without a drink. If you don't, I would reflect on that. If you can't, I should say I would reflect on that. Aside from that, make room for it. In your in your weekly calories, make room for alcohol in your weekly calories. That's my strategy and it works wonders for me. When I overdo it, it it works against me. And when I underdo it, it works works against me. Yeah, I agree. It's almost like balance is key. Almost. Have you and Amelia had a big boozy night out in Mexico yet? No, she's barely had any alcohol. By the way, Amelia's really unwell. I but- know you told me, but I thought, I, so I messaged you and I said, let me know how she is after. Yeah. Huh? Hey,
1: babe.
0: I've just been outside the door for five minutes <laughs> trying to get into my pickup card. Oh, is she? So what happened so after your webinar did she completely crash or was she like on a bit of a high for a bit
1: hey
0: oh. she's feeling a little bit better today my
1: temperature gone down to by two degrees so i'm great we're like you should
0: tell her that we're live because i feel like she might not know oh. that we're live i, to, I wasn't sure hi <laughs> um <laughs> you're feeling but we got a pcr and it's not it's not COVID. You've, it probably, it's probably just a lot, babe. You're in a completely new environment. like it's, Yeah, it's intense.
1: Next thing through. That's what we've decided. It yeah. is. I do think that was something that of people in the back of like a long time ago, so maybe I'm being dramatic. But either way, <laughs> I'm sweating through all my clothes, so I'm going to... Yeah. Gonna yeah.
0: Enjoy. <laughs> what do you think it is, Em?
1: Well, in my medical <laughs> experience... Uh... <laughs> Do you know what? I'm not going to lie. I still have a little bit of a feeling it might be COVID.
0: <laughs> like, PCR didn't seem all of that intensive. But we'll... uh, When I have my latest PCR, when I do it to myself, I basically, like, fuck my nose with the, with the thing. Yeah, when, when this girl did it to me, she was like, done. I was like, I'm not sure you did that right.
1: Like, she literally just touched the inside, and went off to all of them, was like, done. I'm not like there's quite a lot of stuff that isn't like that legit here. Like I just speak to people and they're like, Oh yeah, I just bought my vaccine passport.
0: Oh yeah. I'm not going to look. I know this is really, I just, so we're clear my moral compass is strongly against this, but I've had friends fake theirs. Yeah. It's really worrying. And so I kind of think like, there's so many PCR
1: places here, like literally everywhere that I think, because you have to get them to fly and stuff, I almost think they're just like, oh yeah, here, you can fly. It's slightly worrying.
0: Like, aren't they all volunteers? And it is kind of in a really, really minute way, a slight semi sort of medical procedure. Like you have to know what you're doing. I know. It's weird. Um, yeah. Anything else in my life? Um, yes, Verity.
1: Hey ladies, this year I worked with a therapist and made a realization that I was being so mean to my body, calling it names and having, and having on it. That must, do you think that's quite a normal thing? Having on, it?
0: Proper. Oh, having
1: on it. Anyway, not really for quote, unquote, being fat, but I felt like this, I felt like it's failed me with the variable disabilities. I know what you mean by that. Anyway, but since starting on the EC, I have been more kind and with, sorry, someone just commented. So there's, with both words and thoughts, even when I've had a horrendous pain day, thanks guys for promoting more than just fat loss. My strength is coming back and my endurance in daily movement is so much improved. I'm starting to fall back in love with this body of mine. Love that. And it's such yeah. an important thing. Like, it's, I, I totally get what you mean. I think a lot of people with either like chronic fatigue, injuries um I don't know like going through cancer like kind of anything that happens to your body you can start especially with things like IBS as well like you can start to think like my body's working against me and you kind of resent your own body which is supposed to be because then it's hard to do something for it that is beneficial like we're always talking about changing from a place of love not hate and if you're trying to hate yourself into change and you resent your body and you resent that it can't do x y and z like it's a really hard place to change from so i'm really glad that you went and got some help and that you're being much kinder to your body and that you feel like you're working with your body as opposed to against it
0: yeah well done verity that's it sounds so cheesy and so cliche but like that work is far more impressive than someone being like i went went through hell and i lost five pounds on the ec method we'd rather not like that work is so much more beneficial and will serve you on, on on such a macro scale of your life as opposed to this micro, constantly in flux scale of your body. What's more worth it? Um, so massive well done to you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that we're done on the live. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, now I'm on. The, I literally went on the live, so I could because I feel bad that I keep asking. Do we have any more? Do we have any more? What's on the live? Okay. Fine. Um, so I think we only have one question left. Okay. Uh, Nicola. Hi, lovely. just wondering what you think to a maintenance strategy of sticking to fat loss calories of 16, 1700 during the week, and then having extra calories up to maintenance to enjoy on the weekend. This is my fourth round. And I think I have naturally fallen into this type of maintenance. I've reached the point where I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm very pleased with the changes that I'm seeing in my body. So I've become a little bit more relaxed with food choices over the weekend. Still sticking to all of my non-negotiables without fail. Is there any issue with me doing this? I also just want to say how much I love being part of this wonderful EC method community. Your passion and enthusiasm coupled with impeccable knowledge and expertise gives us, us ECMs the toolkit that we need to succeed and get the most fantastic results, both physically and mentally. Your no-nonsense realism is refreshing. Thank you and has resonated so strongly with me imperfect action consistency patience you've created something truly amazing happy christmas and new year oh yeah. see this makes me so happy and also because there's do you know what it is about that, that makes me happy It's that i feel like so many people now are patronizing their following and their clients and also projecting their own like very kind of staunch opinions onto people and i'm like can't we just be real? Can't we just say like, you know, this is how I just, and like give everybody like, I don't know, the the respect to figure out where on the spectrum they are and what they need and what they can actually, in this context, cherry picking is a great thing as a client, what's gonna work for you and what's not. Um, And I love that, it makes me so happy, thank you. Um, Okay, I'll let Emma go after me and I'm sure she'll probably start crying she likes towards the end of each round when we get nice messages there's nothing wrong if you're at maintenance to sticking to a deficit monday through friday and then coming up to maintenance you know banking you're doing 16 to 1700 yeah banking maybe two to three hundred calories for the weekend now all i will say to that though is that If you do that kind of approach, you know, you are going to see the scales really fluctuate. And that's one of the things that can happen. You might also see it in terms of water retention, like your body fluctuate a little bit a few days of the week. But ultimately, if you're sticking to your overall maintenance calories over the course of the week, you know, what we if you add everything up, what we give you day to day, what we've given you that's fantastic the other alternative is if you're at maintenance and this is something i do for clients as well if they're happy in that let's say kind of slight deficit of bracket of 16 1700 say this weekend go and have two untracked meals as in you know stick your calories the rest of the time but then have two untracked meals and i you know i can kind of guesstimate that that will pull them up to maintenance over the course of the week that's another strategy for people that kind of want to come away from tracking a bit um but yes is it is it doable is it fine absolutely emma yeah I agree
1: I think I eat pretty similar like I'm probably in a slight not maybe it's a little bit different over here but um when I'm at home I'm normally in a slight deficit in the week and then I eat a bit more on the weekend and that works really well and it's sociable and it's easy to do the only problem with that is when it's taken to the extreme of oh okay so I'll just eat a thousand calories during the week and then I'll eat 5,000 calories each day on the weekend like no but if you're sensible, if you're like, yeah, I'm eating about 1600 calories during the week, and then on the weekend, I eat closer to 2000 and that evens out as about maintenance calories for me over the week, fine, perfect. In fact, it's probably going to help you adhere to that long term and enjoy your diet more and, and generally enjoy your life more. Yeah. Um, a yeah. okay, couple of questions here. Hello, ladies. I haven't lost any weight yet. Should I reduce my calories? I'm currently on 1600. Claire, can you do a post with all of your stats, your steps, your workouts, if you've been consistent on the 1600, what your energy levels are like, what your mood is like, and then tag us in that we can offer some specific advice because that wouldn't be useful off the back of that. Can Chan, as the last week, as the last week of the last EC method of the year, oh, that was a tongue tie. What are your main takeaways from coaching hundreds of people this year?
0: Well, also thousands. Thousands. My main takeaways are that women are fucking fantastic. And I'm honoured that I have direct access to hundreds of compassionate, intelligent, funny, brilliant minds. You know, everything from like, Canchan sick ass style <laughs> to carry sick ass sense of humor. I mean, and Ed, the compassion that is just like rife in our group, you know, Beth's constant reassurance and advice to people. It's just you just realize how fucking fantastic women are. And I know we have a couple of men, but let's be honest, we're predominantly women. Um, and I also, like I just said, not to patronize or disrespect the intelligence of your audience, like. Some of you are as okay with this info as we are and you're like sponges as well. So if you weren't six months ago, you're fucking close now. Um, and also, yeah, to, to really champion and support, support each other, both you to us and us to you in every context of your life, because there is more to life than just your body. And Emma and I's goal is to get you where you want to be with your body. So you can be happy and confident to enjoy the rest of your life and appreciate it and accept these fluctuating things um these fluctuating weeks months years of our lives um and just what an honor it is to to also like to just be in a place where i can speak so openly and honestly about things that i would have a few years ago kept my fucking mouth shut about <laughs> it's lovely is she okay is she dying
1: <laughs> sounds like she might be dying oh, so bad.
0: emma what do you think about of- about that question great question
1: great question I think I think the group has just been phenomenal and it really shows that like positivity is contagious it's so yeah but we never get that and the environment like really dictates performance and seeing everyone else do well and like the group's amazing because it's a space where people seem to be truly happy for other people's wins and actually yeah wear a lot of the time and I think The more the EC method grows and the more that like our kind of social norms within it are instilled and essentially by the grads and pass that on to the next group, like the better each group gets because of that, because that's already there. Because from the get-go, everyone's like, this is how we do things here, this is how we support each other here, this is what's accepted, this is what isn't accepted, this is how things work, and this is how you get results. And I think it really shows that like the key to getting results is attitude. Like the amount of people now, and I've been so impressed that we see that like yeah, I've gone off track a little bit, but I'm getting straight back on track tomorrow. If not, I feel like everything's like, you know, over-catastrophizing everything. I've gone off track and I just can't be bothered anymore. Like everyone is looking for solutions. And I think that like, as a coach, that's all we can ask. Like we're more than, we're here for the good days and the bad days. But if you're here looking for a solution, looking for some help, like we will back you a hundred percent and we will never give up on anyone. That if you're in a bit of a victim mentality or you're just looking for more and more excuses, like it it's really hard to coach you. Um, yeah. And I think that we've just got a group that's like, that's full of that. Probably yeah. because, I, and I honestly, like not to big ourselves up, but I think that the reason that we have so many legends is because we are, we're very real in our marketing, in what you get, like there's no, fakeness like this is this is who we are this is how we show up we always just like chloe is literally sitting in a cave (laughs) like and the fact that like chloe shows up five minutes after she finds out she gets her fucking car stolen like you just yeah like the support that you get and the realness that you get means that other people are attracted and they feel that they can be vulnerable they can be real they can show up when they don't feel like showing up because we're essentially proving that by doing it ourselves and yeah
0: I love everything you said. And honestly, guys, I know this sounds like quite a self-indulgent compliment, but it does you guys such credit, such credit that Emma and I, and Emma, by the way, is no stranger to having a very bad day and still being there answering questions for an hour on a live and then an hour on a and a on Instagram and then an hour on a live on Instagram. And, you know, Emma's no stranger to that either. And it does you such credit that we want to be here because what it shows is that we trust you we appreciate you. We enjoy your questions. We enjoy your company. And it sounds again, so fucking wanky, but it does feel like we've got a little family and first of all, we've got a commune um, and I'm, I'm just really grateful. We know it's a very saturated space. We know who the big coaches are, you know, regardless of whether or not they're actually coaching, which is a different story, but we know all the options that you have available to you. And we are very grateful to have you here. And there is, there is a weird element of like a female tribe about it, which I personally love. And I don't mean that in a sexist way. I have a lot of brothers and I would say 50%, if not more of my best mates are men, but there's something about, there's something about us women coming together, which I just love. Yeah, me
1: too. And I think there are different struggles. Like as much as I kind of hate the narrative of like, women are completely different to men. And like, I mean, I'm mostly gay and I still love men. Like men are in but I'm a big man. <laughs> but I do think that like there is something about like a lot of women coming together. and it, there is yeah, it's an amazing community that we have fostered and created. And so much of that is you guys, like. yeah, yeah, we are
0: very like, shout, shout out to all the OGs. I don't know if they're listening, but people like Sue. I mean, so this is like people like Lisa, Ollie. Ollie. Good times. Hopefully they're all lit. I wonder if they're still
1: listening or not. Um, Ollie will be. Ollie replied to my story the other day and was like, oh, I know that guy. His girlfriend's a wrestler or something. That's like just some random guy that i met in Mexico. Who?
0: Who was it? I know a few guys whose girlfriend's a wrestlers And I'm always like, I want to go. <laughs> um, his name is Colin. I feel like there was a sexy man in your photo. And I was like, mm, he's a hoi might have been said man
1: um okay, right there's a couple more on the live we'll get through and then you can go and sort out the car stress hell i'm in hell <laughs> right michelle what are your thoughts on high fat diets it's promoted by some celebrities as a good diet for perimenopausal women but kind of difficult to count calories at the same time find it so confusing thoughts please I mean it it isn't confusing to count fat calories uh the only problem is you need to be that little bit stricter so like it's quite easy to gauge portion sizes once you've been tracking for a certain period of time but yeah one thing that if you are trying to diet like if I was trying to diet and I wasn't getting the results I wanted I didn't normally track but I would track my fats because they're double the calories per gram over double the calories per gram, and it's so easy to overeat like If you think, oh, I'm having like a small teaspoon of peanut butter, but then it gets slightly bigger and slightly bigger. And like that actually over the course, you know, if you do that with a couple of fat sources over the course of the day, that can push you out of a deficit. So you have to be a little bit more careful with high fat diets. There's nothing inherently wrong with them. I wouldn't go very high fat. And by the way, a very high fat diet might be something like the ketogenic diet. There is some evidence that long-term very high fat diets are... Um, have poor health outcomes um, it also means that you're potentially going to be deficient in other things potentially you're missing out on things that you know are really important like getting in enough fruit and veg like getting in some whole grains having variety in your diet not being over restricted in your diet having food choice and availability um, what is quite interesting is there is this um, there's always been this notion that having some fat in your diet is important and it's essential fatty acids like have to be derived from your diet. Um, and then on top of that, like we know that fats play an important role in hormonal health. But I think people have become a little bit too um, focused on dietary fats for that when actually it's almost a drop in the ocean. Normally, when we see like hormonal dysregulation, it's from very low body fat levels, not from very low dietary fat. Now, that's not saying you can go ridiculously low fat but what I mean the context here is like will more and more fat help your hormones no like you've probably saturated the benefit at a fairly low intake of fat um and so to keep like pumping more and more thinking oh you know fat's related to hormones so that will help my hormones like it that isn't how it works
0: unfortunately I love everything you said. Yeah. The, I, the bit of the question, which I was a bit like, "Yeah, why which was, was the ability to track fat? It's the yeah. same as, it, but as Emma said, you know, if you decide to come away from tracking and you've the fat and you kind of maybe even subconsciously find your fats creep up, then yeah, you, you're, gonna, you're going to, you're going to start to struggle to stay in a deficit. Um, Again, agree with Emma, a lot of the hormonal ramifications when we talk about low fat, um you know as emma said people forget that it's largely about body fat um and yes absolutely kind of thinking about it like it's supplementarily in a way you know getting your essential fatty acids into your diet if you do have hormonal hurdles um is a really nice thing to do um and it's, it's and and you know yeah especially when we're talking about you know unsaturated fats it's, it's it's helpful it's important but as emma said you're going to saturate that response i mean i would say you to do one um, gram per kg of lean mass is a perfectly healthy, moderate to, I wouldn't say high, but you know, higher end of moderate fat intake to have, and beyond that, there really is, there really is no mad hormonal benefit, you know, that the people speak of. Yeah, and I think most of that research comes
1: from like, yeah, when, Women, as I don't know, get really lean, tends to be on a relatively low fat diet and then sometimes they lose their menstrual cycle. But it's to do with the limited body fat they have, not because they're not having enough dietary fat. And same with men and like testosterone levels, like that gets, when they're very, very lean, like competition level, testosterone drops. But it's way less to do with
0: how much dietary fat they're intaking. <laughs> absolutely um, amazing points emma well done um, we're done for questions on the post have we got anything left on the live
1: we've got can Chen saying it's a cult <laughs> and then becky saying i was going to say the exact same thing um teresa's just saying i initially signed up for my first round to improve my gym sessions and get sessions to make the workout shorter but more productive I thought my nutrition side of things was sorted as I've been following the keto way of eating for three plus years. To me, this worked perfectly as it takes away the decision fatigue. As Ever says, 100% is much easier than 95%. For me, no, 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 sorry, for, for me, no is no, so I don't need to think about it. Now, nearing the end of this round, I feel unsettled and starting to question my goals and whether this is the best way forward for me. I have now signed up for the next round so I can untangle my confusion. I'm struggling to accept that maintenance is a goal. To me, if I'm not striving to lower my body weight, then I'm not improving. I know this is something I need to reframe, but I don't know how. I'm five foot three and 51 kilograms. I've been as low as 47 last year when I was more restricted with my diet. I feel like I'm going backwards. I have to get past the idea that I have to keep striving for improvement all the time or you need to change what you think improvement is. And I think this is a cycle a lot of people get into when they only see weight loss as a goal. Like that's the only thing you've seen as a goal. And like, again, part of this is like diet culture and like what we've been exposed to as women is like, you should be smaller and smaller and smaller until you essentially waste away. Like you need to untangle that. You need to, I mean, I spoke about this on the last slide, but get a piece of paper, Write down why you want to lose body fat and then question each of those things and really delve into them. And especially what you're talking about here, like, oh, I just feel like I should be smaller and smaller. Oh, the goal should be weight loss. Like, why? Why do you want to lose more weight? How's your life going to improve? And I would really untangle the keto thing because the likelihood is you're not really, like, you can tell yourself that you enjoy this stuff. You can tell yourself that it's an easy, oh, it's just the decision fatigue thing. That, that isn't really what I meant by 100% of and 95%. Like, I meant, so, like... I wouldn't stick to a massively restricted diet for over three years. And that is inevitably gonna impact your relationship with food, your relationship with others, the food choices that you have, honestly, potentially your health, if you're sticking to a real ketogenic diet long-term, I don't think that that's gonna benefit your health, especially the amount of fat that you'll be intaking and the limited things like whole grains, which we know are related to heart health, et cetera, et cetera. So please do have a think about that, break that down, write that list, get back to us if you need any help. Um, but I'm really glad that you're starting to see that and you're like, actually, I'm going to stay on. I'm going to question this. I'm going to figure out what is going to work for me. I'm going to figure out what the actual real long-term goal is and relate this back to the bigger picture, like your life. How do you want your life to, How much of your life do you want to spend worrying about your diet? Because it doesn't have to be that way.
0: Um, and then yeah. I was just saying, sorry, did you have anything to add on that? I was going to say, it's it's a really normal thing that women don't know how to eat outside of a diet um, and don't know how to appreciate their bodies outside of losing weight. Um, And actually, you know, yeah, exactly what Emma said. I think you need to do some reflection on what else there is going on in your life and actually wear a really nice, happy, healthy compromise and balances because it doesn't sound like it's where you're at now. But the fact that you're staying on, the fact that you're noting that means we are on the right path and I'm very excited for you. Yeah but it's
1: not got a growth mindset so yeah. we're happy to hear that. Gemma's just saying, just wanted to jump on and say Merry Christmas and have a lush new year early but it's the last week. I don't know uh, I don't catch the live I, I don't know if I'll catch the live at the end of the week and thanks for everything. You're so welcome Gemma. Um, you
0: can and- listen to back on podcast because we need to say Merry Christmas to you and who knows we might end on a sing song <laughs>
1: don't make promises um I don't know if Heather's like trolling us or not but she says diet uh, sorry keto pills yes or no and the answer is no <laughs> I can't even answer it <laughs> the answer is 100% no although do you remember when
0: it was a thing it was like the sachets yeah yeah so they, uh, James knew the guys that were doing it and they tried to get him to do it. And this was back in the day. And I was like, nope, absolutely not. Exogenous t tends or a no-no. Um, like I say, I've always maintained this there for a very small bracket of people for a very small bracket of reasons and absolutely just not something for anyone to promote who isn't in that field for the reasons they're in it. And um, I think it was Danny Cipriani started like touting them around and giving them to all the rugby boys. I don't know if he still is. Oh.
1: Callum Best, he was selling them as well, and then actually one of my good friends was selling them, and I did a post, and she still doesn't speak to me.
0: Oh, cheers, mate. Jesus fucking Christ, get a grip.
1: I know, but it was it was an
0: mlm scheme Imagine falling out with your friend because they disagreed with you on a supplement. And by the way, it didn't disagree it was actually factually accurate. fucking it, like, it, it but it's scamming
1: people, like you're and this is what we hate to see it's like you're using i mean chloe and i could sell you all a load of shit and make quite a lot of money from you like we could be selling you supplements that you don't need and telling you that you need them we would obviously never do that but that's what a lot of influencers and unfortunately like personal trainers online do do and yeah. I also see it's probably i would say anyway our biggest pet um,
0: um, me too, and athletes. No, I'm sorry, I sound awful. I've never met an athlete who knew fuck all about nutrition. Fuck all. And you speak to all of them. Like I've interviewed so many athletes to my podcast. Anything, anywhere, everyone from like Zach George, who's CrossFit, to Julian McCarry, who's world champion, you know, weightlifter, to James. They all have nutritionists and dietitians for this reason. They don't do it on their own. And because their bandwidth their mental energy is so taken up with the training and the performance don't get me wrong they know a shit ton about training but it's so taken up with the training and the performance they don't have the mental energy to give to the rest of it so they employ people to do it um so i'd be very careful taking supplement advice from athletes or ex-athletes agreed okay right love you lots love you guys bye bye